Hello there, my name is Terry, and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. Today I'm chatting with someone who's developed a very unique style of animation, and that is Johnny Phillips. In fact, she lives and breathes animation and has become quite accomplished at a young age already. For instance, right after graduating high school, she went on to develop an original pilot with Frederator Studios called Rachel and her grandfather Control the Island, and you can go watch that on Cartoon Hangover right now. She's also known for Stilton's In Charge and her feature-length anthology series, Wasteland, which includes such film pieces like The Earth is Flat, Goodbye Forever Party, and The Final Exit of the Disciples of Essentia. And on top of all this, she just graduated from CalArts Experimental Animation Program. Now, before we get into today's chat, I also have a sponsored message to share with you. It comes from my friends over at Bloop Animation, which is an animation learning platform packed with premium online video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. They have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Toon Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others, as well as some non-software courses like a storyboarding course, animation foundations course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. And their courses are all in video form, so there's no deadlines or application process. Simply just pick a course and start learning in seconds. They even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process step-by-step of how they made one of their films from coming up with the idea to storyboarding, animating, and all the way to exporting the film. And you can get that book for free at bloopanimation.com slash animation industry. And you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com slash courses. And I'll include both those links in the description of this podcast, so please check that out. Now, back to today's episode. So I've been following Johnny's work ever since I randomly stumbled across her on Instagram and it immediately stuck out to me because I had never seen anything like it before and I still haven't seen anything like it yet. So what she's done is created this wonderful mixed media between 2D and stop motion. So first she animates everything in 2D animation and then takes each frame and cuts it out of the paper in different layers and then watercolors Um, to get a color on there, and then refilms everything in stop motion on different planes of glass, which creates this very, like, genuine, authentic, uh, like, reach out and feel it type of animation that I just haven't seen before. But besides her unique style, her storytelling is also a bit different than the classic hero story you often see in animation. So instead, she tells these very endearing stories about what makes us emotional beings, which is really refreshing uh, to see in a way. So... Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Johnny Phillips. Hi, Johnny. Thanks for being Hi. on the podcast. How are Hello. you doing? Hello. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just Good. Good. I'm just all sleepy I'm... or whatever, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Well, there's a time difference between where we live, so that's, that's understandable. <laughs> it's um, 10 a.m. It's like 11 a.m. here. Okay, so... it's not understandable anymore because you should <laughs> yeah. be up. <laughs> yeah, I should be up. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm happy to chat with you. Thank you. Sweet. So I have a lot of things that I want to talk about, but um, the first one is just kind of what is that dream you're following that, you know, has pushed you to create the things that you've created? Um, I think I just really want to make my own movies and I really want to, yeah, I just want to make my own movies and I want to make stuff the way I want to make it (laughs) want to prove myself I don't know I think I just want I want to uh eventually yeah just like be making my own movies as my full-time job I guess that's what I would like to so you've already some movies but you want to like fully self-sustain yourself by making movies yeah yeah that's the that's the hope at some point so what it okay so like your movies uh that you've made have like a very unique voice what is that thing that you're trying to put out there that you think is different than what's already out there well i think like huh so i feel i feel like generally most of everything i've made so far has been really um i guess rebellious in a way so (laughs) i've been mostly making stuff that's essentially like the polar opposite of what people expect in animation or what at least the polar opposite of what is expected of like a professional person so yeah so well 
I want to talk about that later, but maybe we should get into it now because before you told me that you're you're trying to like reach a state of filmmaking that you developed when you were younger uh, with like shittier materials like <laughs> webcam and like yeah. paper cutouts and stuff. Because so you have CalArts training, which is arguably one of the best animation schools in the world. Um, <laughs> arguably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> arguably, well, yeah. Uh, and like you've worked with some big studios on stuff. Like you've developed like really professional stuff. But yeah. Tell me about why you're trying to go the opposite of that. Um, I think it's, well, first of all, it's kind of like, I'm sick of everything. I'm sick of, I'm sick of the way things are done. And I'm sick of kind of like the pretension. And this is kind of how I've always been. I've always been very like, I've never really understood like, um, pretension in like, and how like like sorry I'm trying to formulate what I'm thinking but like, I, I'm just I'm generally like not interested in following rules and I feel like I like especially in animation where I feel like a lot of like the rules are arbitrary and don't make a lot of sense to me I kind of just I've just kind of decided to do things the way that I want to do them and do things the way that that's like the fastest and like the way that's the most interesting to me um because one it's like it's like fun for me to do that and then two it's like I think it makes a point about like how meaningless a lot of our rules are that are set up because like I guess for me as someone who's been studying animation for like a super long time um I like you know and I've been doing things that are against the grain for a long time also it's like even like the pilot that I made at Frederick Studios was like very um, meant to stand out and like do things differently as far as like the construction of it and like how it was animated and everything. Um, primarily just because like I think that a lot of the rules are ma made for a specific kind of person, made for like someone like, I, okay, so like Richard Williams is like, <clears throat> like, um, the animator survival kit as like a base example, I guess. Like, I think like I, I'm sure you've experienced this in like animation education, right? Where it's like kind of held as like a very prime, like a standard of like what's acceptable as far yeah, as like, sure. yeah. Uh, so like the principles and physics of how to uh, create, I guess, pleasing to the eye, mm -hmm. um, like really realistic kind of yeah. animation in a sense, right? Yeah, and then, like, there's another aspect of it, too, where, like, I guess, like, Pixarian storytelling is really held to a standard as well. At least, like, in my experience, which has been, like, very California-based, very, um, like, you know, CalArts, whatever. Like, I think a lot of my experience with, like, what's acceptable in storytelling and what's acceptable in in visuals and everything, it's always, like, very um, formulaic and it's always very, um, I think, personally arbitrary and doesn't... Um, and it doesn't, like, allow for room for, like, different voices. And for me, as someone who's, like, transgender and, like, um, <laughs> and, like, and, uh, and uh, neurodivergent and everything, it kind of becomes this thing for me where I'm, like, the way that the, like, the way that things are set up, at least, as far as, like, what's acceptable and everything, kind of, to me, feels like it's for a specific kind of person and how a specific kind of mind works. So for me, I'm, like, looking for what what works for me the most what's like the thing that makes sense to me how can I like express myself in a way that feels correct to me you know because like I think also there's another <laughs> I like for me I'm not interested in like um in achieving like realism or achieving like um any kind of sense of reality in my work I guess as far as like a tangible one goes but I'm very interested in, in achieving an, like an emotional reality if that makes sense so yeah. a lot of my choices are like are meant to um uh communicate like an emotional reality rather than a literal one or a logical one you know so yeah, well, I, yeah. That, that really comes through in in some of your work like uh for instance essentia is like very emotionally driven the entire time and mm -hmm. if, like i sat through it and i wanted to cry at the end like yeah it's it's not like your typical you know hero story where at the end they overcome the climax and blah 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 and but uh you said something interesting then I've kind of felt that too like growing up on like Disney where you have like the Disney princess and the classic like mm -hmm. 
story, you know, everything everything is made for like a mainstream audience, and and the formula was developed because it it worked. It sold mm-hmm. it sold to audiences, and and because of that was is able to produce more. So I think what you're saying totally makes sense to me. Like you're trying to, well, at least I'm going to reflect back what I understood. Mm-hmm. You're 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 trying to create something that was missing for you growing up, and I and you're trying to get back to that. And I think that makes sense yeah. because there are so many um, people, I guess, or even just subcultures of things that aren't represented in mainstream storytelling. Totally, that yeah. I think is totally it. It's totally valuable to bring those stories to light, and I'm, I think that's a really great mission that you kind of just yeah. explained. So that that's really cool. Yeah, I think like part of it is. Because for me also, like, I'm really interested in teaching and really interested in, like, eventually I want to I want to teach animation and everything. Um, what to me, I've always, like, <clears throat> I've had a few experiences with that in the past as well, of teaching and everything. And a lot of my time, a lot of the approach that I take is, like, how can I help someone communicate their own emotional reality or communicate their own, like, their own lived experience rather than trying to fit them into the mold of what's already come before if that makes sense um and that's been my approach to my own work as well like where i'm thinking about like how can i like yeah yeah we are we're talking yeah so so you said you mentioned before that you really want to try to prove yourself so one Mm -hmm. way of proving yourself would be to take the traditional formulaic approach which isn't wrong in a sense like mm-hmm. uh and and create like very beautiful animation that that like would be respected at like pixar mm-hmm. level disney level or something like that yeah so what is the way that you want to prove yourself because you're going against that so um how yeah. what would you receive that would tell you that you've proved yourself well i mean okay so i think you've brought up essentia before that was kind of the biggest thing for me where i'm like taking everything that I do and then heightening it to really like you know heightening it to this place where it's like a really like as far like as uh you know like like an emotionally impactful film that like makes you cry or whatever even though it doesn't fall into the right structure it doesn't fall into the right um like the correct way of doing things I guess so and like also um I had like Oh God, sorry. I'm like, uh, what was I saying? Oh my God. Uh, what 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 would you receive to prove yourself? That would. Oh yeah. Um, I think, I think I have proved myself actually. I think I know this because of the response to my work so far, which has been the response that I was going for. So like my films, like Goodbye Favorite Party and Essentia, have both done really well, like critically and like, and with just like random people on the internet <laughs> and like well it's, it hasn't like gone like viral per se it's like done pretty well like um in views and everything and like especially for what it is which is just like a long form random animation that you find on the internet like yeah i think it's, I think it's done pretty is well. like an hour and a half <laughs> yeah and it like you know it has like thirty thousand views or whatever which like i think is pretty good especially for just how random it is, you know, like, and how hard it is to kind of follow at some points. Um, like, essentially, I think is at like forty-five k right now, and I think goodbye for no goodbye for party is at forty-five k, and I think, I think essentially is at forty k. Forty k. Yeah, I just went on your YouTube channel right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that isn't like that isn't like a million views. It's not like has been hotel levels or whatever, but it's like, it's also like I'm like pretty relatively new to releasing stuff and everything and it's been like you know it's kind of and i have like a big audience now from posting random shit that's like varying in length and like you know and like the release date's been like all over the place or whatever so it's like and i have like a pretty big following from that now which i feel pretty good about like even though i yeah like i, I guess like my my whole approach has been really like all over the place but i ended up doing okay <laughs> so i'm like you know, I feel pretty good. Right. Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I found you because I think it was on Instagram or YouTube or something. But I just, as soon as I saw your style, I was I was completely like blown away. I've never seen anything uh, so creative, and you can just tell there's so much hard work in it. And like me, me already doing stop motion and seeing a stop motion film with paper cutouts. Like you animate in 2D, then you cut out each part of 
the 2D animation and then <laughs> film it in stop motion yeah. on like multi-plane glass with like other elements. It's just insane to me. Like you have mastered like so many different mediums of animation. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, it, it really resonated with me from that style. So that's like what attracted to me to it. And then mm-hmm. when I actually watched your work, I was like, dang, this is like, <laughs> this is really cool. Um, so now that you've quote unquote proven yourself, what are you going to make next? Or what are you trying to do now? So my plan right now, um, okay, so I've been working at, but at the BuzzFeed Animation Studio for the past few months. And I've made enough money now where I'm like, I feel like I can survive on my own. Like I saved up enough money from just working there. Um, and now what my plan is, because I've already been working on another another film, like another 45 minute film called, called Barber Westchester, which um, I'm really excited about. It's like, it's like I'm, really, I'm really happy with how it's going right now. But I haven't had a lot of time to work on it because I've been having like a full-time job and everything. But I think now that I have enough money where I can like live for on, like I can sustain myself for a few months at least without like needing a job. <laughs> like like uh, uh, my plan right now is I'm going to start making, I'm going to start, I'm going to take December and January and February off from like having a job. And I'm going to focus more on like, like growing my audience online I guess so when my plan so like at BuzzFeed I've been like learning a lot about like how do you like how do you like grow audiences and how do you like pin you know like how all that stuff like how do you like get people to click on something or whatever and my thought that I had also was like I have I've gained an audience over time just from like posting irregular and everything so my plan is like I'm gonna start making stuff that's like high quality. I can work really fast. Is another thing about me. I work really fast. So my plan is like I'm gonna. But the problem. I got my. Okay, sorry. I work really fast, but I've been making like really long stuff for a long time. Yeah. So, like, you know. So I my plan is like to put to like work really fast and hard on a bunch of really small stuff, and start putting that out more frequently. Um, and then also start like so trying to like grow my Patreon and grow like. Uh, like my YouTube monetization and everything so I can like sustain myself on like on that money I guess and then also be working on Barber as much as I can and like working on my own films as much as I want because I've been realizing that like I really hate working in a studio and I just want to be working on my own stuff really badly so this is my (laughs) my random plan to like try and do that and if it doesn't work in, a, in three months or whatever, then I'll just try and find my job and that'll be, that'll be that. That's but fine. Yeah. And that, I mean, that sounds terrifying to me, like to, to like <laughs> go that route. But I think that's, that's really cool. Also, like you got to take you. risks and you're already yeah. developing a pathway. So yeah, that, that sounds like a natural next step for it from my perspective for you. So, okay, so I'm still curious about when you were younger and you wanted Mm -hmm. to get into animation, did you ever, uh, and did you want to always do kind of what you're doing now or did you reach a point of that frustration where you talked about you were sick of uh, like the traditional formulaic animation? Was there a turning point for you that you've now this new path? So, yeah, there. okay, so I was like really just into cartoons when I was a kid. And I would just always draw and everything. It was, like, very basic. It was, like, you know, I was always drawing when I was a kid, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then when I was 10, I started doing, like, Lego animations. And I started, like, going really hard on them. Like, brick films and everything. Like, just stop-motion Lego movies. And I, like, started going really hard on them. And, like, really... Because I was also... I was homeschooled for, like, a long time. I was homeschooled Aren't until... you immortalized in the brick film, like... Yeah. Street <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a... I have a I have a page in the brickfilms.com wiki or something, <laughs> um, which and it says it says that I uh, that I was a pioneer in cartoony Lego animation or something, something crazy like that. Like, <laughs> credits me for a lot of stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, I went really hard on Lego animations for a few years, and I like that was kind of how I developed my baseline understanding of animation and everything. Um, and then when I was like 13 ish, I was like, I really, I really wanted to like start doing 2D because that was kind of what I wanted to do all along. And I was trying to kind of get the feeling of a cartoon, but in Legos. <laughs> and then I, 
so I started like applying everything I had learned in Lego animation to drawings and drawing animation. I would like I was researching a lot about how animation for 2D works and everything. Um, and I like focused really hard on it and everything. And I got pretty good at that too. I got pretty good at like both as far as like um like animation went. My drawings weren't that good, but I was good at like <laughs> like the motion and everything. And then I think so I made a bunch of shorts that were like 2D and everything. Like when I was 13 to 16, I made like I made a bunch of them for like read classes I was in, and I like got, I got pretty good at it. And then like I got accepted into this like high school program at CalArts, where my teachers were like Lori Damiano, who um she's amazing, and then uh, <clears throat> and then like Melissa Bauman. And, like, a bunch of other just amazing people who, like, kind of, like, really cracked open my brain. <laughs> like, you know, like, they're they're all very, like, independent um, experimental animation people. And really, like, opened my eyes to, like, all the different avenues of different, like, ways of expression and different avenues of, like, animation and everything. And, like, I, like, got super, like, obsessed with it. And I was, like... And, like, I made a 2D short while I was there. And then I, like, got, you know, and I wasn't, like, satisfied with it. So I, like made a bunch of more stuff uh, and then I, after I went to that program and then applied again to go back. And then when I went back, I did this like crazy uh, film that was like, I guess like 2D drawings that were like standing up in a 3D space, stop motion, like in a stop motion 3D space. Um, that really informed what I'm doing now because I've always from then on have been like, I really want, I really like this like feeling of like, of um of 2d and 3d space and everything or like having shadows or having like actual physical like um actual physical elements in the in the drawings and everything why do you, so, why do you like that over other mediums like do you think there are stories you can tell in that specifically or vibes I you like, can give up or yeah, emotions? I, I definitely like the way it looks a lot i like it a lot more than how like general 2d looks um i think also it just is how my brain works i think like it like really reflects like because when i'm drawing i'm thinking like about the 3d space in a way that's kind of like abstracted and then i kind of it's, a, it's like a whole it's like a whole weird little thing but most of that most of the reason why i've decided to do it so much is because like i just really like the way it looks a lot. Nice. <laughs> I think it just so, looks cool. <laughs> tell me about your process, aka sitting on your bed and cutting out paper for hours. <laughs> what, <laughs> what goes into making this super unique, interesting looking style? Um, so let me think, let me think. Like, do you start at the storyboarding phase? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I like board everything digitally, usually. Like I go into Photoshop and I just like spend a long time boarding. And then... I get the animatic done and everything. I'm really, I really like to like plan out everything before I do it, um, which like doesn't, it doesn't like seem like that when you watch my work, but it's like really planned out. And it's really like, uh, I really try to like figure out what I'm doing before I start animating. Um, and I, after that I do some layout drawings. So basically that I just like kind of figure out what's the background gonna look like, what's the front, what's what the character, what, where the character's gonna go and everything. Mm -hmm. And like just generally what the drawings are gonna look like. And I should do one of the I do one of those for every shot. And then I animate straight ahead. Um yeah, like on essentially I was animating everything straight ahead, um, pencil drawings. And then um we would color it with uh with gouache and watercolor. So what <laughs> so it's like watered down gouache, so it's like it doesn't like destroy the drawings or anything. And then we cut it out and keep it registered to the peg bar generally, or we just cut it out of the way. And then who's um, we? Who's we? Oh my! On Essentia, I had like five or six assistants what? helping me with yeah, help me with color and cutting and everything. How did you entice five or six people to gouache for hours and cut out? <laughs> so they're all my friends. First of all, they're all like they're people. Only that, friends. They're all my friends, and then. Um, I also got them school credits because as well as at school, oh. I would get them like three credits each, which was like a whole class oh, for wow. the whole semester. Um, 
through like kind of like figuring it out like in the in the school system i like figured out like i could get them three credits to help me all semester working on the film and everything um so we have like weekly meetings where we would like just color and everything um yeah <laughs> that was like the main that was like a way i figured out how to do it gotcha. um which was so like very active process you're gouaching you're cutting yeah gouaching and cutting and everything and then put it into little folders and then i take it to the multi-plane room where i um me or my friend benny who was another one of my assistants benny would help me with shooting and everything um but we would put it on multi-plane we put the background on one shade one sheet of glass and then like the characters on another sheet and like, the foreground elements another sheet of glass and then like there's like the down shooter that just shoots at everything shoots it all <laughs> I'm like yeah that's like that's the gist of it <laughs> so how many um pieces of paper did you use for the final film of essentia oh which God. is 48 minutes um i think the average length of the shots were probably like 30 frames um let me think so and but a lot of it was boiling a lot of it was like um just like dynamic holds yeah so i'm gonna guess like let's say let's say like okay <laughs> let me think this is hard it is really hard because oh, there's gosh, so many shots there's, math like, question. there's like okay there's like about 530 shots i think in essentia um 530 shots times let's say, frames a shot okay let's say like the average is 30 that's 16,000 pages of paper <laughs> 15,900. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you have like a uh, physio for your hands or something after all that? <laughs> my hands are strong as fuck. That's, just the, that's yeah. the thing about me. Look at oh, how strong my God. hands are. Oh, <laughs> wow. Those are strong hands. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness. Well, that's crazy. And I love it also because there's so many like tactile functions in this process it just it sounds like fun like you're just doing yeah. crafts all the time yeah that's kind of why i'm able to do everything is that it is kind of fun in a way and i like animating and i try to make everything about it like the most fun that it can be for myself so yeah. i don't like and also like the process of like having people help me is also fun and like we make it really social and really like nice so it's like not like hard <laughs> that sounds <laughs> really cool it sounds like a really fun project versus yeah. like head down, animate as fast as you can, grueling. Yeah. Like, let's have a fun party all the time. And yeah, make exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, and then we would, a lot of time while we were working on Essentia, I would like, ha we would all, we would all take breaks sometimes and we'd make like a sometimes. film. We would make like a film in like a few hours just through like sheer willpower. And just like, so we have like a bunch of examples of this, um, but they're all like, like just like we would like generate an idea super fast just to like improv exercises. And then, like, make a film just, like, really, yeah, just, like, board it really fast and shoot, like, animate it really fast. Uh, there was, like, a few different ways we did it. The one was, like, we would, um, we would, all of us would, like, collaborate on all of it. Like, we would do, one person would draw one frame, and then the person would draw the next frame. We'd, like, turn it in a circle, kind of. Oh, my like, gosh. Like, I draw one frame, turn it around. We'd have, like, on one, like, the animation disc. So, we, like, turn it around. The other person would draw the next frame. Turn it around again. person would draw the next frame. So, we just, like, go in a circle. Um yeah <laughs> that sounds really fun yeah um did you ever get any pressure to go with the grain instead of against the grain with your films so weirdly yeah because i, I was an experimental animation at cal arts which has a reputation for being kind of crazy but <laughs> i would get a lot of like hesitation a lot of like people telling me not to do stuff or whatever which i, may, I guess makes sense like i like when you have a student making like a 45 minute film you're gonna like discourage it obviously but yeah like at, at Sheridan we have to make a one minute film <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so and like I guess and like no one had ever done that no one had ever made like a 45 minute film before that yeah. was like as like work intensive as what I was doing um so yeah it was like kind of met with like a lot of like discouragement and everything but I guess that makes sense. I used to be really mad about it. I think I've gotten less mad about it now because I, like, have, like, rationalized it. But, yeah, like, I, it made me mad in the moment. Yeah, I feel uh, that. And it, like, fueled my rage a little bit. You know what I mean? So uh, for somebody who hasn't seen Essentia, just because that's your latest film, can you give uh, 
like an overview of what it's about? Yeah, um, it's about, wow, um, <laughs> it's about, like, uh, basically. I had to give an overview to somebody the other day when I was talking about it, so I, I, <laughs> I could well, give an like, overview, for me, my, but I want to hear from you. My problem is that when I think about it, I think about, like, um, all the, like, weird little details about it, so, like. <laughs> Like, when you ask me to, like, summarize it, my first thought is, like, oh, like, the, like, character moments that are, like, really, like, irrelevant to the plot. So, like, I, like, have to, like, make it more specific. Um, it's about, like, a cult leader and her cult disciples, and they do or don't ascend. I don't know. <laughs> what? Um, well, okay, because the whole idea is that... Uh, you don't know if they actually ascend to the next level or whatever. I don't know. Okay, so it's about... This is hard for me to figure out. Okay, it's about Asensha, who gets visited by aliens, who ask her to collect all their babies, so then she does it, but she isn't happy about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I it's about, it it's about, I get that, it's, but... Uh... <laughs> It's about. There's a much more simple way to explain the film. <laughs> it's about. Um, it's about. Uh, Solis, who joins a cult. Here and we the go. The cult is really, is really. Um, it makes her happy, but then it. Uh, then stuff happens, and it's not happy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's, it's about this girl who like can't fit in. <laughs> in her life like her yeah. job sucks her roommates suck nobody likes her she doesn't have friends yeah. she finds this cult that like becomes her family right yeah 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 she's yeah. very happy and then <laughs> she wonders if the cult was it really in it for her happiness and familiness in the end or if they just were in it for the crazy megalomaniac egotisticals uh leader of the cult's delusion yeah. And then you find out in the end uh, that it could be both. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good, that's <laughs> a good example. That's a good, that's a good way to do it. Well, I didn't <laughs> want to give away the ending because I, I think the ending is a very big part of the well, whole Well, the ending build. is the only important part of the movie. So, yeah. So. <laughs> so watch it. <laughs> yeah, watch it because uh, the only so, reason you should watch it is the ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's some really beautiful moments in there. There's some really great songs. Like I'm, I was surprised oh, yeah. to suddenly go into a song and be like, "This was so cute." Um, <laughs> sitting on a hill and yeah. just like, overlooking the city. Um, yeah. But, so you mentioned before that you want to create kind of emotional stories. What is the emotional story that you were trying to create um, with with this film? Um. And why did you make it in the first place? Let me okay. Um, let me think. Let me think. So <laughs> I got okay. So it started because I was doing. I was in a class called Direction Utopia, and we were learning a lot about different attempts at having like a utopia or whatever. Hmm. So in like the U.S. especially, like a bunch of like in the seventies, like a bunch of different people were trying to like create communes and everything, and like try to live in a way that was like really like um you know like not influenced by the outside world and everything um which led me down a rabbit hole where i eventually kind of came across um heaven's gate which is a in, an infamous cult from oh, yeah. san diego um that all they uh in the 90s they all um killed themselves um to basically they're trying to ascend to a comp, the Haley Bob comet that was going, that was at the time like going, uh, that was flying overhead, because they believed that their old leader had died and ascended to it, so they're trying to follow her, basically, um, or that she was there waiting for them. It was a whole thing. So then I found yeah, they all created like these really intense, well, not intense, but like these goodbye videos for their yeah, family. yeah, yeah. So I saw those, and I saw their initiation video. I saw their initiation video and their their goodbye video, and both of those were really like um, intense for me because I have a lot of like background in 
religion and everything and i have this part of my brain that kind of like just starts believing stuff <laughs> so like i'm very easily gaslit if that makes sense <laughs> like uh so i was watching the initiation video and i started to believe it and i started to like kind of it was hard for me to you know like to watch it because it was so real for me mm. um and i um, you know, and I like had to keep distancing myself. No, this isn't real. They all killed themselves, like whatever. But I made me realize that if I were in that situation, I might have joined the cult as well. And that kind of like really made me go crazy. And I like started um <laughs> I started doing more research and everything. Um and I was also thinking about the goodbye video that they did where they all sinned from the camera, talked about how they feel about quote unquote ascending. And I, and you know, and they all sound, they all felt like normal people. They all felt like they were like logically doing it. They had like all their reasons and everything. And it made me like, it made me just really like feel, I don't know. Like I just, like I wanted to make a movie about it really badly. Huh. Um, and then I just started thinking about how do you make a film about like empathizing with these people? How do you like, Cause I also like scrolled down to the YouTube comments and they're like, they're all like, these people are idiots. These people suck. What's wrong yeah. with them? They're so stupid. And I was like, Oh, what? Ah, no. And then, yeah. And then I made a movie about it. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I really, uh, that comes across in the, in the movie as well, because you create a lot of characters that in the cult, like may or may not fit into a regular society per se. Yeah. And, and like the main character like connects with them all in a different way and it's really endearing. Thank you. Um, so I think I think this is a good time to ask a question that I received when uh, somebody found out I was interviewing you and how has religion affected your art and also I guess the second part is how does Cal Arts react to this? So okay. <clears throat> Let me try it. Okay. <clears throat> uh so yeah, there's a bit like especially in my wasteland series there's like a really like big re reoccurring theme of like religion and like personal experiences with God and everything in different ways of it or whatever. Um, Essentia is like the finale of Wasteland. So there's like that kind of, like, everything kind of comes to a, all the themes that are established in the rest of the Wasteland series are kind of uh, brought to a head in, in, in Essentia. Uh, and the other other ones are all kind of like scattered, I guess. But I think Essentia is the most like concretely about religion because it obviously has to be because it's about a cult. But like, uh, basically, uh, I think for me, my experience has been like because I grew up in a very like rigidly not like not rigidly in like the traditional way but like a very like uh religious household that was very um strict and very um like i got i got like it's kind of hard to explain because it isn't like it isn't the way that like a lot of really strict religious families are because it was a lot more casual <laughs> it was like but it was like very it was very culty in a weird way. Like it was like the kind of Christianity that it followed was very um kind of like uh, like it was very it was very it was very culty. It was very like uh the 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 way that it worked was very like there was a lot of there's a lot of like spiritual, very like training me to see in the spirit kind of thing, talk speak in tongues, like be like kind of like and like kind of uh, have like, I would like visit heaven or whatever. It was like a lot of like very, <laughs> very um, intense stuff. So I guess for me, I got really kind of accustomed to it, if that makes sense. And I got kind of accustomed to the whole like, just, yeah, just believing and stuff and like whatever. And like my, and after a while, I started to, like, resent God more, and I started to, like, <laughs> like, like, or, like, you know, and I eventually stopped believing in him, whatever. And I, like, for me, a lot of what I think about my work is kind of, like, God, like, the idea that God is real, but he sucks or something, or, like, 
<laughs> I don't know, like thinking about like how kind of like just ways of like kind of reaching catharsis for myself, if that makes sense. So like sorting through all my different feelings about it and like thinking about like my different experiences and whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think like most of my work actually, like I think like my Fred Raider pilot is also has like a weird God element. My Stilton series has a weird God element to it. There's like, <laughs> I think most of everything I've done kind of like, I, I'm just kind of always thinking about it. So it kind of just <laughs> bleeds into everything I do. So, would, well, I do want to talk about the pilot you made for Frederate as well, but would you say when you're creating, um, when you're creating a film, it sounds more like you're thinking about elements that are inside of you rather than what uh, you think an audience would want, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think, yeah, that makes, that, yeah, it's kind of like, how do I get these things out in yeah. a way that, like, is narrative and interesting, you well, know? I think I think the most amazing part of that, and at least from what I've experienced with my own art, is when I take something that's deeply personal inside of me and put it out there and it resonates with other people yeah. without any expectation at all. And that just, it feels good. It feels amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. like I made a film, Goodbye Fever Party, which is also part of Essentia. Yes. Um, which for me was like really heavily specific to things that I experienced, like especially with mental health and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but it like to my surprise it like kind of like attract a lot of people who have similar experiences and everything so it's like it is for a specific kind of person it's just not for like uh, you know like the larger you know kind of Definitely. audience you know but well, it I is there is people who experience it and like have and like their lives have been dictated by it also so it's interesting yeah, and I think that reflects what you were saying earlier against, uh, you know, being rebellious and going against the grain, but also creating stuff that isn't out there and can resonate with people in a way that mainstream stuff can't. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering, going forward, you know, you're working on this new uh, Barber film and you're working on your Patreon. What is uh, self-sustaining to look like to you? Is it to be able to just create films going forward or do you want yeah. to have like a feature film in theaters or do you want to, you know, have all the fame and fortune of like Disney, a studio, <laughs> like a whole studio set up and everything. Like what is, what does that look so, like? Yeah. Um, short term, it's like being able to pay my rent and like eat food and stuff. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> so that's like the main goal that I'm trying to achieve first is like be able to be just like an independent artist who like just works all my own stuff and puts it out there and people watch it. Um, I think what's kind of crazy right now too is like the kind of like landscape we're in where it's like I could just have a career where I post stuff to YouTube and have a studio that posts stuff to YouTube and everything. Because I was thinking about that with like BuzzFeed for instance because like that's where I've been working for a while now and it's like I go like I don't know like it's a, it's a whole company kind of dedicated to just putting stuff on online and like just like you know, like getting people to look at stuff. And like, I made me realize that I could probably eventually just do something like that, where I like post all my films online and it's like sustain, it's like sustainable. But like also, like, I think that's the, that's the short-term goal again, is to like be able to do like my own films and post them online and get revenue from it or whatever. Um, Cause like, it's just what I want to be doing regardless of, you know, of anything. So I feel like I might as well just shoot for that. But like, Eventually, I do want to have my own studio. I would like to have a studio where I could, like, help other people, like, tell their own stories and everything. And, like, help my friends, like, direct stuff and whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that's, like, the main... I want to start a studio eventually is my, is my other goal. And I feel like eventually it would be cool to, like, have stuff in theaters. But also it's, like, I have no idea what the landscape's going to look like in a few years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I'll just, I'll play it by ear a little bit, I think. <laughs> do, you think do you think to have a full studio, you would need to change your style to be a little bit more formulaic and mainstream? I don't think Support that too? much, actually. Mm -hmm. I think maybe a little bit. Because, yeah. like, I think that, yeah, cause I, I think it maybe just be, like, taking out the, like, super experimental aspects of it, which I'm kind of doing with, like, Barber, where I'm, like, thinking about, just like how to make things a little more like 
um, easy to follow visually, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because, like, with Essentia, I was doing a lot of, like, stuff to kind of, like, prove a point. So, like, I would have, like, the... I would have, like... I don't know. Like, a lot of my visual decisions were, like, very based in, like, trying to prove a point about narrative and stuff. But I I think with Barber, I'm just kind of, like, having it be more straightforward in how it's presented and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I have to, like, change anything too extremely, though. I think it's just, like, being, like, a little more polished, you know? (laughs) That's fine. So so tell me the story of how you got Frederator to make a pilot for Rachel and her grandfather. (laughs) So I was 18 years old. I had just graduated high school. And I see that they have like little like they they put out like a a call for pitches for go cartoons yeah so i'm like um i want to make a cartoon i want to go near that so i like i'm like all my my idea at the time was like i'm just gonna practice pitching with them and i'm just gonna see what happens if i just go in and do it um so i made my board and i like practiced it to a bunch of people and everything and then i went in um, and I met Eric Komen and Kelsey Kalate Jones. Wait, wait, so you, you sent it in first, and then they got back to you, and they're like, come on in. No, I just went in. So, so you just you just drove down, and you're like... Oh, no, I, like, I like said, like, oh, I have a pitch. Can I come and give it to you guys? And then I went down. It okay. wasn't like I just walked in random. I had, like, an appointment. <laughs> so I, I walked in, and I pitched it. And I'm like, this is a dumbass little baby 18-year-old who has no idea what they're doing. And I just go and I just pitch it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we like this." And I'm like, "Huh?" And they're like, "Yeah, we like. Let's make it." Basically, so then, oh my gosh. yeah. And then I started Cal Arts, and I started Rachel at the exact same time, which oh, wow. was really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when you were at Cal Arts, was everybody like, "Oh my gosh, how amazing are you?" Like, you have this pilot being developed already. Kinda, but it was like more annoying than that. <laughs> it was like it was like more like trying to act like they're too cool for it or something oh you know what i mean that was the my first year there it was like kind of like people would either be trying to get on my good side or whatever or they'd be trying to like act mm-hmm. like they're above it or like, like that middle of survivor <laughs> episode yeah <laughs> yeah well that's and that's incredible like, do you think yeah. um do you think it's really like from your experience it sounds super easy you walk in you a pitch that you don't even really think is going to go anywhere, and they immediately make a pilot for it and shop <laughs> around. Like, do you think that experience is typical with Frederator? Like, um, I don't know. I think they pass on a lot of stuff, but they also, I don't know, because like they they were kind of going for like all people who didn't have a lot of experience that like yeah. the time that I went. So well, like, a why? lot of the pilots that were coming out were people who had never done anything before. Like, I think you talked to Elise Castro, right? Yes. She, like, had never had any experience in animation and, like, was, like, living in, I think, New Zealand or Australia and was just, like, a taxidermist. She just... (laughs) She's a tattoo artist and a high school teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) I think she does, like, taxidermy on the side or something. (laughs) But, like, yeah, like, it was a lot of people like that who were, like, right out of school or, like, they had never done anything, like, in animation before. Or there's, like, a father-daughter team who, like... I think one of them works in illustration. The other one, I don't think I had any experience in animation as far as I'm aware. It was like a lot like that kind of people. I don't like, I, think... my, I also had Fred Seibert on this chat and he said a big part of the pitch is just really kind of believing in the person that is pitching as well. Like it could yeah. be a bad idea in the world, but like if you're not, if you're not somebody that you think they can work with, then they're going to pass versus like yeah. uh, they said, even, you know, if it's not the best pitch in the world, but they really think you're a great person to work with, they'll, they'll pick you up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it, it seems like, for sure. So, so what was your involvement on creating the pilot? Like, you wrote, directed, did you storyboard? Um, um, like, when I watched the pilot for Rachel and Her Grandfather, by the way, if you're listening, you should. It's really funny. It's really cool. And it's kind of a little different than the other stuff you've seen. Um, <laughs> like, they teleport through, like, trash cans? No, no, they're collecting I, trash. They're, they're Yeah, they're trash can that. robots that they're setting up because <laughs> they're trying to, like, create a surveillance state. But they, like, D- they're trying to create a DIY surveillance state yeah. that no one, you know, so. They, like, live on this little world where you can, like, get around in, like, tubes. It's it's really well, cool. Well, that's for anyway. them only. They can only oh, travel in tubes. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so. Look, there's some lore to this, all right? Anyway, so. Right, 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 right. Um, so what, what was, so when I watched that, how much of Johnny is in that versus, uh, you know, other writers, other people putting their input in? 
So it was like I directed, wrote, storyboarded, and like did most of the animatic. Um, I direct the animation. Um, so it's mostly like me or me directing people. So I had my friend Kylan Jang do the background designs, but those were all based on my on my own like sketches and everything, and my own like little, um, like I don't know what the word is like when you, when you know, you're like I don't know whatever. I would like do sketches for them, and then I had someone doing color. Uh, it was Mira Crowell, who was amazing. She was doing all the color for it, and then a few of the props were designed by Jojo Batista. Um, but I did most of the. I kind of like went back and did a lot of them though. Okay. Um, and then what else? There was like, oh, and then I worked with an animation studio overseas called Digital Animation Studios. Hmm. Um, and I I like gave them a lot of direction, and I like made the boards like kind of essentially keyframes for the animation. Which is why it's like kind of crazily animated is because yeah. I was like <laughs> I was like doing all the boards and I was like making it really specific. Um, so I think like it was really honestly like, and then I did the voice for the president and the voice for the tiny scientist. Yeah. So there's like it's kind of yeah it's kind of and I was like directing the voices also as far as I could. I had like a voice director with me, but it was like I kind of I think I remember I remember ended I like ended up kind of just doing the direction myself and then like. Yeah, it was kind of like mostly just me doing like or like me or directing other people. So it it sounds so when I watched the pilot, that's basically an output of what's inside your brain, basically. A little bit, yeah. I think it, the story is like eighteen year old me. Like I think it would be a, it would be a lot better if I did it now, but like. <laughs> well, I mean that's fair if you've you know you've gone through school, you've made more films. <laughs> But yeah. I still think that's incredible. How long did it take uh, to put together the pilot from you pitching it to it going on YouTube and getting... Uh, like two years. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that's so like actually quick. It was like, also, I was balancing school with it and everything. And I was ma- I made like Goodbye Forever Party and my first year film. Oh, my gosh. So I was made two feature length films and <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> well, I made, okay, I made like... I made a 20 minute film and a five minute film and a bunch of smaller ones kind of scattered. So yeah. Okay. So, um, where is it? Party, you know, it went to slam dance. So, you know, (laughs) what can I say? You know, (laughs) So I just went to the YouTube, uh, right now for cartoon hangover where it's sitting and like the top comment is, God, please, I don't want to live in a world without another episode of Rachel and a grandfather. Please, (laughs) God, please. I'll even put a trash can in my room. (laughs) So, okay, so in that light, where, if you can share, where is it, where does it stand right now? Um, I'm, like, not sure. I don't know. I think we're thinking about, we're, like, developing a pitch Bible for it, and then we'll probably bring it around some places. I think, like, right now, I feel like I want to get some more money before I do that. Yeah. Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about stuff. I'm, like, figuring out my whole plan right now. So yeah, we're like develop. I've like developed a lot for it. It's like kind of uh, like I've written a lot of stuff for it. I like have like pretty much all the episodes figure out figured out as far as like their stories. I have everything. I have like all the characters figured out. I have like a bunch of bios. I have like pretty much yeah. Like I just done the pitch bible. Huh? Sounds like you're pretty much done the pitch bible. Yeah, it's just kind of like the little details now, I guess. So say you get this picked up by like, I don't know, Cartoon Network or something. What would you want to be involved uh, in the project? Do you want to be the showrunner? Um, yeah, I, I feel like I would want to be writing it and like directing it and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I feel like showrunners, they have like a really stressful job though. Yeah. And like <laughs> for me, I just like care about the art part of it. You know, I don't really care about the rest. But it sounds like you're kind of doing the rest anyways for the films you're you're working. Yeah. On. Well, I mean, like what I mean by the rest, I mean like the rest of the showrunner uh, things that they have to do, where it's like they have to be like going to all these meetings and whatever, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like you know, like marketing and all that, whatever, and like they have to like say everything. I don't know. It sounds like a like a lot. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> well, I think that's really cool. So um, I guess you've kind of one question I still have is like you know you want the studio um 
you know, maybe I already asked this question. Maybe I'll just cut this part out. <laughs> I was gonna. There's gonna be a lot that, of editing for this. That's all I'll say. That's fine. I was gonna ask you like, um, but more to dig deeper on the sustainability thing because I think it's really cool that you're becoming like a. You've decided to become an independent artist, but I think I think you already answered that. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I kind of asked everything that I wanted to ask about. I'm just wondering, like, is there anything else that you wanted to share at this point? Um. Not that I can think of. Um, yeah, not really. <laughs> so, okay. So I guess my last question is um, for other people who are maybe in art school or feeling pressure to, uh, you know, go with the grain, how, what would you say to those people now that you've kind of gone through all the pressure, you've created some really cool stuff, you've accomplished some things. What would you say to those people to give them a little bit of boost and confidence of believing in themselves? Um, while you're in school, do whatever you want. Um, they can't actually stop you from doing what you want to do. They'll just say stuff and they can fail you. But the thing is, is like, okay, the thing that's more important is like the work that you want to make. And if you feel really like, like you want to make it, just do it, you know? Cause like you have the resources while you're in school to do it. You have like, the time you're like paying for the time to do it you know you're paying for the time and the resources um and like as long as you like pass your classes like you can like go by the skin of your teeth or whatever but it's like know that like the work that you're making is the most important thing about your schooling like your grades don't really matter that much it's like especially if you're going if you're like in animation school that's kind of like, like if you're in animation school like your grades don't really matter you're like you just should just be making work that you feel confident about and like making the work that you want to make Cause like, as soon as you get out, it's like, then you have to like conform to like what everyone wants you to do, you know? So it's like, I think you should just take the time while you're in school to like do whatever work you want to make and like be really, like be really, you know, like work as hard as you can on it. You know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like if I would listened to any of my teachers about what I should, if I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing or whatever, I would have not made like, the yeah. stuff that I wanted to make so it's like I think I think yeah I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, I, I, it's, I think that's really important I think there's a lot of pressure to do what you think is required of you and and in school there are very clear-cut requirements of what you should do yeah um, to try to get those grades and stuff versus like what you just said is like schools is like at your disposal to have yeah. opportunities to create the things that you want to create and I think a lot of people that I've come across in my career, it's like, you know, I'll create that thing that I want to when I get the chance to do it. And then like a whole decade passes and you're, you never get the chance. So I think school is a really unique bubble to, you know, you said you have the resources for sure. You have the studios, you space, you have all the really like expensive software. You have like Mm -hmm. really cool people around you that are very creative. You have the profs for mentorship and feedback, Mm -hmm. um, all this stuff, like, do the thing that you want to create and and like see through it and do it like the best you can so totally i i i definitely think you wouldn't have created what you have if you had done like gone the other route. that's totally cool yeah (laughs) totally i'm like yeah i'm like (laughs) is there anything else you'd like to uh to to share about anything that you've worked on or anything at all I think I don't have anything right now. I think I'm like... Well, then we can just wrap it up. That's fine. Cool. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been so, like, out of it. (laughs) Here, I'm, like, pressuring you to, like, come up with more wisdom on the spot. No, I I really enjoyed uh, the chat, especially the beginning part where we chatted about kind of, you know, going against the grain and what that means. Um, Because, like, growing up, uh, you know, like, stop motion, for instance, and also, like, the classic, like, formula of, like, hero, whatever, didn't really fit in my world you that was in my head um so i'm really happy we we talked about that because sometimes yeah. i try to create things that i don't think are represented in mainstream yeah uh, animation either totally yeah it's like I feel like i just said the most vague thing in the world no it makes sense i agree I'm like, <laughs> i wish i was more awake for this i feel like oh. i'm really like stupid all right um, well, you if you want to if you want to redo this, I'd be down. No, I'm gonna. I'm not redoing this. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Appreciate it so much. <laughs>
Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. I feel very honored. <laughs> well, I was not ready at all. That's fine. If you're listening and you'd like to follow Johnny or get in touch with her or check out all her super cool films, you can do so by checking out her Instagram or YouTube channel. She goes by at Johnny Phillips pretty much anywhere. So I'll include the links to those in the description of this podcast. And that is all for now. Thank you for listening. Okay, bye.